The European Commission has issued a proposed directive that would have most companies operating online in Europe, including those based in the United States and other locales, to report to national authorities serious cyber attacks. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and to discuss the new directive, I'm pleased to be joined once again by Francois Gilbert, founder of the IT Law Group and general counsel of the Cloud Security Alliance. It's great speaking with you again, Francois. Welcome. Great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Before it becomes law, the directive needs to be approved by the European Union Parliament. Assuming the directive goes into effect as written, how would it change the way companies report breaches to European national authorities? That would be a, a quite a change because in, in the current set of things, only very few companies are required to report breaches of security to their national authority. It's only limited to the, the telecom industry. So if the new directive was enacted, then that would mean many more companies would have a requirement to disclose breach of security. I understand there are some exceptions like news organizations, content providers like Wikipedia, but if you're in the banking industry or healthcare industry doing online work in Europe, you would be covered under this directive, correct? Yes, but primarily the simplest way to look at this is to say if, if, if it's a big company, it has a high probability of, of being covered, and if it's a smaller entity, uh, they, they would be exempt. There is a specific list and you know that you mentioned, the e-commerce platforms, internet payment gateways, social networks, search engine, cloud computing services, app stores. So that's a, a wide spectrum of, of entities, but not the definitely not a, the modern pop uh, flower shop. The directive requires reporting of serious cyber attacks. How does one consider a cyber attack serious or not? That would be up for the the final text of the directive to, to say so, or maybe a definition that would be in the text of the national laws that would be implementing the, the directive, or um, maybe uh, something that would be provided by the ENISA, which is, a, is an agency of the, the European Commission and that deals a lot with security issues. And uh, in the, the proposed directive, there is a prominent role uh, to be played by, by ENISA, and uh, maybe they would be the one who would be providing a definition of uh, cyber attack and what is serious and what is not. So right now it's not clear. In some ways, this directive reminds me of, at least in some respects, the breach notification laws that have been enacted in most states in the United States. How is the European directive similar? How is it different from breach notification laws in the U.S.? At the very, very high level, it's it's the same concept. You're a company, there is a security breach. You need to tell a number of people about this. From that standpoint, it's the same idea. U.S. laws are very focused. They are intended to protect personal information and only some very specific types of personal information. So it's something that could be defined as a very narrow application. The proposed directive is not intended to apply to the protection of personal data. The concept is a, is a broader concept. It's the notion of, hey, you have had the breach of security. That may be something that might be relevant for the country as a whole or the European Union as a, as a whole. Maybe you've been the victim of some attack from some hackers in some country that is trying to get give us you know harm us you should tell your agency about this so that we are aware of this and we try to do something it's a much broader scope it's a concept of cybersecurity not the concept of personal data protection 
there is, a, I mean, some elements of, of the directive talk about personal data, of course, but that's not the primary goal. So if, if you had a cyber attack, let's say a, a company that makes MRI equipment, they are manufacturer, they have a little bit of personal data, but, but they are a, a critical company because this MRI equipment has a lot of trade secrets. So you can imagine that this company could be the victim of a security attack. In the U.S., they would not have to make any reporting as of now. Under this proposed EU directive, they would because that attack may be relevant to something bigger. So this sounds a lot like the various legislation that has appeared in Congress over the past few years in the United States where they're discussing information sharing. In the U.S., that's sort of bogged down on several issues, privacy issues in the sense that companies would be sharing information and individual privacy may be exposed, as well as antitrust laws where sharing information could be illegal unless they're exempt from it. Is there any similarity in, in, in what Congress is attempting to do and what this European law is attempting to do? Yes, that's a similar concept, and it's also a similar concept to what we already have in the U.S. that already exists, which is the, the CERT, the C-E-R-T. The Computer Emergency Readiness Teams. Yes, which are intended to um, share information about, about uh, cybersecurity and attacks and so on. So the, the idea of this law is to set up a mechanism, as we have in the, in the United States, of CERTs, uh, which does not exist in Europe? Apparently not. Companies operating internationally, those based, say, here in the United States and operate in Europe, how would this make their job more complex and how should they approach it? One question I would have as, as a company that is operating in, in numerous countries and now find itself subject to within the jurisdiction of a particular country in Europe would be to what extent do I have to disclose a security breach that affects servers that are not located in that territory and how do I respond to this? And of course, we have the, the good old problem that we've seen here, for example, with the security breach laws where you have inconsistencies from one place to the other. How does one address all of these inconsistencies? Since the proposed document is a directive, you can expect that each country is going to interpret it its own way. And we are back into the problem of interpretation of 27 different laws that may have different wording. And for example, one of your question was, how do you define a serious cyber attack? As a, as a global company, I would say, God, please give me a definition that is the same everywhere, because otherwise it's not manageable. This raises an interesting question, as you, as you pointed out. When you operate internationally, is it where the servers are based, where the transaction initially occurs? Is, is that understood in this directive or even other national laws that are out there? The directive does not address that at all. There, there is no section that, that even states what the, the jurisdiction is. If you take, for example, the, the well-known 1995 EU Data Protection Directive, one of the very first paragraphs is to define the scope. Very specifically, this law applies if uh, you are um, have operations in, my, in, in a country or if you have servers in that country. So it's very clear. In, in this directive, there is nothing like that. So 
So we have no idea what's the normal scope, what is the expected scope, what would be the criteria for defining who is covered. And so going back to your question, this is a huge issue that we've been struggling with for many years and it's going to become even more as as more countries are, are using the, the internet and interacting through the internet. What is the criteria to define when a company is within the jurisdiction of a particular a country, what does it take? You know, in the U.S., we've struggled with that for many, many years, and at the international level, this is one of the major issues that we are facing. Who has jurisdiction? And in particular, if you think about cloud computing entities, they have servers in some countries, and in other countries, they only have operations because people want to use their particular cloud. Does that country have a jurisdiction over that particular operation? We need the legal community and the other global communities need to find a way to help define the scope of jurisdiction for each country. So the best thing for, say, an American company or a company from a country outside of Europe is if they're doing business in Europe, just uh, make sure that they understand the law and try to uh, comply with that law. That would be definitely the, the easiest way to, to deal with all of this. Uh, the, the problem uh, is that this is usually costly, that, that costs money to do, to do something. And so companies have the tension between making sure that they comply with every single law of every single possible country in which they operate, and then the reality of, of budgeting and, and uh, prioritization that leads them to only pick and choose. I guess companies in other areas have faced this problem before. Thanks, Francois. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. I've been speaking with the IT Law Group's Francois Gilbert about the proposed European Cybersecurity Directive. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.